Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, dear brothers and sisters. We thank the Lord for the privilege that we have to study together the book of Daniel. In this session, beloved brothers and sisters, we will look over the last portion of Daniel chapter 2. And really, the topic of this portion, Daniel 2 verses 36 to 49, is the interpretation of the dream of the image which Nebuchadnezzar saw and Daniel present before King Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of this terrible dream that he dreamt. Let me read for you Daniel chapter 2 from verses 36 to 49. If you have a Bible with you, please follow me as I'm reading this portion of the Word of God. And so we read in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 36, Daniel is saying, This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Verse 37, Thou, O king, art a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the heavens, hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And where is thou sowest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sowest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And where is thou sowest iron mixed with miry clay? 
they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face, and worshipped Daniel, and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet orders unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth, it is that your God is a God of gods, and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man, and gave him many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, our study, of course, is in the book of Daniel, this amazing prophetic book which is teaching us a fascinating lesson concerning the times of the Gentiles. The times of the Gentiles in Hebrew, Etot HaGoyim, is a period of time that began at 605 BC when the Jewish people, especially in the days of Daniel, were carried away to Babylon. Or one can say it began in 586 BC when finally Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was burned with fire and all the Jewish people were carried to Babylon. From that period of time, 605 or if you wish, 586 BC until the second coming of the Mashiach, the Messiah, Yeshua himself, Jesus the Messiah, this period of time is called the times of the Gentiles. It was none else but our blessed Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who said in Luke chapter 21 and verse 24, They shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So the time of the Gentiles began when the kingdom of God through the nation of Israel and over the people of Israel were handed over to the Gentile world, which began with King Nebuchadnezzar, 
who was the king of Babylon. And so when Nebuchadnezzar to Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, according to Daniel chapter 1 and verses 1 and 2, and he took some of the vessels from the house of God into Shinar, into Babel, from these days on, including the present day in which we live in of the church age, we are still going through the period that is called by our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, the times of the Gentiles. In the meanwhile, our people of Israel are scattered all over the nations of this world. The Jewish people are everywhere in this world, and even though the nation, the Israel, is existing today, our Jewish people, uh, more than half of our, the Jewish community are already in the land of Israel, yet we know that Israel as a nation is still not having the privilege of having the sovereignty without any interference by other nations. Israel, as a nation, is still in unbelief. The temple is not yet built. The Messiah has not returned at his second coming. Our Jewish people are constantly experiencing conflict and wars from everywhere. Neighboring nations are constantly in friction against the Jewish people. And that will come to an end at the second coming of the Messiah when our Lord Jesus the Messiah will come at his second coming and Israel will look upon him whom they have pierced. And Israel as a nation will be born in a day when they will acknowledge who Jesus the Messiah is. And so, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, we are in the second chapter of the book of Daniel. Daniel have already previously in the verses in chapter 17 to 35, Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael prayed. And they turned to God, to the God of heavens, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is called in the book of Daniel the God of heavens, Elohei HaShamayim, to him they turned in prayer, and he revealed to Daniel the dream that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed. To remind you that Nebuchadnezzar was ready to destroy all the wise men of Babylon because he wanted to know the dream, first of all, that they will tell him the dream and then the interpretation thereof. Well, they could not give him the dream. And therefore, Nebuchadnezzar was just about ready to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And then Daniel came in, asked him to give him some time and he will return with an answer. He, Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael turned to the God of Israel, the God of heaven, prayed to him, and Daniel received the dream and also the interpretation. And so we have already looked over verses 31, 32, 33, 34, and 35, because then Daniel came to King Nebuchadnezzar and related to him, the dream, and also now he is ready to give the interpretation. You remember we have already read in verse 32. and verse 33, Daniel himself described before King Nebuchadnezzar his own dream which he dreamed. 
Now to remind you, Nebuchadnezzar know the dream. He didn't tell the dream to the wise men of Babylon because he wanted them, first of all, to tell him what he had dreamt. He know what he dreamt, but he want to have someone to show it to him and that he can also hear the interpretation because God pressed upon his soul the need to know that dream and also uh, its interpretation. Of course, he knew the dream because we have already mentioned in Daniel chapter 2 that when he asked from the wise man to show him the dream, he said to them more than once, he said to them in chapter 2, he said to them that he really demanded to know the dream. And that's why, as we study here, the revelation that Daniel received, Daniel have showed him the dream, not only the interpretation itself. To just remind you that earlier in this chapter we read in verse 8, the king said, this thing is gone from me, verse 8 at the end, but in actuality he says, the command is gone forth from me, I demand from you, wise men of Babylon, to tell me the dream. And if you will not tell me the dream, According to verse 5 of Daniel chapter 2, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Of course, the wise men of Babylon could not tell him the dream because they did not have any link with the living God. They were wise men that even tangled with that which was contrary to God. They were enchanters, they were using witchcraft, they were engravers, they were simply wise in their own sight, but not wise in the sight of the Lord. But here come these young men who were carried from Yerushalayim to Babel. These Hebrew young boys were tuned with God. I mentioned many times that their name, their names present before us who they were. Daniel, God is my judge. Hananiah, Jehovah is gracious. Mishael, who is like unto God. Azariah, Jehovah is my helper. By virtue of their name that were given to them in the land of Israel by their parents, you knew, you could see that these young men that follow the God of Israel. And yet now here they are in Babylon because their brethren, the people of Israel, disobeyed the Lord God, judged them, brought Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon to Jerusalem, took them to Babel, and there by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and we wept, as we remember Zion, we read in Psalm 137. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, now we read in Daniel chapter 2 that Daniel presented the dream before Nebuchadnezzar. And now listen to this. The dream, in actuality, was an image. An image, according to these verses that we have before us, verse 31. O king, thou sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image whose brightness and excellence stood before thee, 
and the form thereof was terrible. This image hand was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet, you have ten toes in the feet, his feet were iron, part of iron, part of clay. And then you saw a stone that was cut out without hands, that he came out and it smote the image upon his feet where the ten toes are. And then we read, Then was the iron and the clay and the brass and the silver and the gold was broken into pieces together and became like a chaff. But then we read in verse 35, And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and fill the whole earth. And so now Daniel saying in verse 36, where we begin, Daniel is now preparing Nebuchadnezzar, and in verse 36 he says, Okay, Nebuchadnezzar, this is the dream, and we will tell thee the interpretation thereof before the king. Notice he used the word we. Even though the revelation of the dream was given to Daniel alone, yet he, of course he shared it with his friends, and yet... Hananiah, Azara, and Mishael, Daniel look at them as a group together, as those that together pray to God, and together we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, in verses 37 to 45 of Daniel chapter 2, we read when we learn of the interpretation of that dream that is made out of gold, Silver, brass, iron, partly iron, and partly clay. The head, the breast, the arms, the belly, the thighs, the legs, the feet which has ten toes, and the final stone that was cut out from the mountains and fell upon the lowest part of that image, namely the feet, upon the ten toes and destroy it completely. And that image became like a chaff and that stone became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And so you notice that in this dream, and I'm really emphasizing it one more time, in this dream, we learn about the times of the Gentiles, 605 B.C. to the end of the tribulation period. When Gentile kings will dominate over the people of Israel, and when the Messiah would wait his return now at his second coming, to restore Israel back to himself and to establish the Messianic kingdom. And so you notice, in verses 37 and 38, we have the meaning of the head of gold, which is presented by Daniel, Babylon itself. Notice what we read in verse 37 and 38, Thou, O king, art king of kings, for the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the heaven, 
hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. And notice what Daniel said in verse 38, at the end of the verse, Thou art this head of gold. Who is he? Nebuchadnezzar. Who is he? The king of Babylon. To remind you, in chapter 1 and verse 1, in the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. So we know that Nebuchadnezzar representing the kingdom of Babel, Babylon. And it is very clear because at the end of verse 38, Daniel say, Thou art, you are this head of gold. And to remind you, in verse 32 of Daniel 2, we read, This image head was of fine gold. And so the beginning of this period of time, which we call the times of the Gentiles, it began seeing through this image with the head of gold, namely Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon himself. And so, notice, God gave you, Nebuchadnezzar, to be king of kings. Nebuchadnezzar was the first Gentile king that had the oversee the world. Notice what we read in verse 37. The God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, giving thee power, giving thee strength, giving thee glory. And notice, and wheresoever the children of men dwell. In other words, he gave him universal dominion. Even over the beast of the field and over the fowl of the heaven, he has given into thine hand and has made thee, notice, ruler over them all. So Nebuchadnezzar, who is the king of Babylon, received a universal dominion. Notice the word given mentioned here twice. In verse 37, Thou, O king, art the king of kings, and the God of heaven hath given thee. Verse 38, where we read, And wheresoever the children of men dwell, this is the human race, and the beasts of the field, these are the animals, and the fowls of the heaven, these are the birds, and all these, the human race, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the heaven, O the God of heaven has given into thine hand, and has made thee ruler over them all. Notice once again we read of the God of heaven, in Hebrew, Elohei Hashamayim. And he made Nebuchadnezzar king of kings. This is an amazing statement because really, we know that this statement is applied specifically to our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, of whom we read in Revelation chapter 19, and he has a, on him a vesture, and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And you see, in a sense, Nebuchadnezzar received the privilege of being king of all the kings in this universe when he began his dominion over all the world, represented by the head of gold in the image which he dreamt. 
And so, beloved brothers and sisters, it is important to understand that the times of the Gentiles began with Babylon, the first kingdom that took over the kingdom from the hands of the Jewish people, Daniel's people, the nation of Israel, which violated God's temple and disobeyed their own God and God in His discipline over His people by divine design had handed the Jewish people, the people of Israel, to the Babylonian. And the diaspora of these days began. Amazing to remind you that in 722, 721 B.C., the northern kingdom of Israel were taken already by the Assyrian to the diaspora of the ten tribes. Here in 605 BC, we have the beginning of the deportation of the southern kingdom of Israel, namely Judah, Yehuda, And they are now taken captive. And the beginning of these times of the Gentiles is exactly when the Jewish people, the tribe of Judah, was taken away from the land, and soon enough the temple will be destroyed, and this period of long period of time began right here, beloved brothers and sisters. So, it's very clear that in verse 38, Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, You are this head of gold. You are this head of gold. Daniel is saying to Nebuchadnezzar, very clear to realize Daniel telling Nebuchadnezzar that Babylon first began with Nebuchadnezzar is that head of gold. You know, we read in Isaiah chapter 14 concerning Babylon. We read in verse 4 that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how has the oppressor seized? The golden city seized. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar and the kingdom of Babylon were known by possessing a lot of gold. That's why Babylon is called the golden city. The golden city in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse uh, four very interesting verse. There's another verse that is found in Jeremiah chapter 51, and there we read in verse seven: Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine; therefore, the nations are mad. So Babylon has been a golden cup. A golden cup in the Lord's hand. So, interesting. Thou art this head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar, you have universal authority. You are the one that begins times of the Gentiles. So, the next verse, beloved brothers and sisters, we read in verse 39, we read of the, the second a kingdom that will follow Babylon, represented here by the dream that had a head of gold, but also, according to verse 32 of Daniel 2, that image had his breast and his arm were of silver. And so we read in verse 39, 
What is the meaning, verse 39a, what is the meaning of the breast and arm of silver? And here we learn in verse 39 that the, the breast and the arms of silver representing the second kingdom which will be inferior to the Babylonian kingdom. We read in verse 39a, Notice that, and after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee. And we know from other passages that this kingdom is the Medo-Persian. The Medo-Persian represented by the breast and the two arms. And to remind you later on, it will be Cyrus, the king of Persia, that will allow after 70 years to the Jewish people, allow the people of Israel, our own nation, our own people to return to the land of Israel and to rebuild the temple in the city of Jerusalem. So, we know that the first king of gold, the first king of Babylon, the first head of the image represented Babylon, but the breast and the arms of silver represent Paras Umadai, Persia and Media, Medo-Persia kingdom. In fact, they will not be as powerful as Babylon, because we do read in verse 39, in the first part, that there will be another kingdom, but the kingdom of Medo-Persia will be inferior to the kingdom of Babylon. This is very uh, interesting, beloved brothers and sisters. And of course, Medo-Persia replaced Babylon at about 539 BC. And from there on, the Medes and the Persian rule over the world, even though they were inferior to the kingdom of Babylon. Thirdly, we are still in verse 39, this time the second half of verse 39. There we have the third kingdom that will rule and over this period of time called the times of the Gentiles. And you notice, beloved brothers and sisters, that this third kingdom, according to verse 32, has a belly and thighs that are made out of brass. You notice that in verse 32? Well, in verse 39b, Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar, that another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. Notice, a third kingdom. And from history we know that this third kingdom is the kingdom of Greece. This is the third kingdom that will arise after the Medo-Persian. In fact, in chapter 8 of Daniel, we read in verse 21, in fact we read verse 20, The ram which thou sawest, having two horns, are the kings of Media and Persia. You see, the names are mentioned in the book of Daniel. Then verse 21, And the rough goat is the king of Grecia. So you can see that Babylon is mentioned in the book of Daniel. Medo-Persia is mentioned in the book of Daniel. And Greece, Grecia, is mentioned in the book of Daniel. And so these first three kingdoms are mentioned for us here in the very book that we study, the book of Daniel. And so we read, 
Again, I'm in verse 39b. In another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. This is, of course, in the image, the gold is Babylon. Silver is Medo-Persia. And the brass is Greece. The head is Babylon. The breast and the arm is Medo-Persia. The belly and his thighs is the, the kingdom of Greece. And so in these verses, verse 37, 38, and 39, Daniel revealed to King Nebuchadnezzar the first three kingdoms that will begin the times of the Gentiles, saying to Nebuchadnezzar, Thou art this head of gold. Now as we move along, beloved brothers and sisters, in the next verses, verses 40 to 43, we have the fourth kingdom that Nebuchadnezzar was dreaming when he saw that image. To remind you that, again, going back to verse 33, we read that the image has legs of iron, his feet part iron and part clay. So in other words, we have two legs in the image, and then feet, and in the feet, obviously, you have ten toes. So, Here now it is interesting because this next kingdom that will follow Greece, the name of this nation, we know it is the Roman Empire, but the name Rome is not mentioned here in the book of Daniel, and yet we can call this fourth kingdom an unnamed kingdom, but we do know from history that that applied to the Roman Empire, which took over from the Greece to rule over this world. And so we read, notice, and I'll read verse 40 to 43. We read, And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdue all things, and as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And where is thou sawest the feet and toes, part of the potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest, the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes, this is the ten toes in the feet, as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. It says in verse 43, And where is thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with a clay. And here this Daniel is now explaining to Nebuchadnezzar concerning this fourth kingdom from verse 40. Now notice that we know from history that that applied to the kingdom of Rome. And Rome was the fourth kingdom, and they ruled from 663 BC 
to 364 AD. By the time that our Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah came to this world in his first coming, Israel, our people of Israel were under the Roman occupation. And so you notice that the fourth kingdom is the kingdom of Rome, but Rome is not mentioned in the book of Daniel, and therefore we can say that this is a kingdom that is not named, but we see, notice that in verse 40, first of all, the fourth kingdom is strong as iron, strong as iron. Then secondly, in verse 41, because it was divided into two, notice that we read in verse 41, where is thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest, the iron mixed with miry clay. In other words, the kingdom, the Roman Empire will be divided. It will be a divided kingdom represented by the two feet. So the fourth kingdom will be a divided, but yet strong. Strong, divided a kingdom. And then we continue to read, beloved brothers and sisters, as we know from, Rome, from the history, from biblical history, how the Roman Empire were divided into two sections represented by the two legs. But then you notice we continue in verse 42, we read that they will also ultimately will be divided into ten parts. Because the fourth kingdom will be divided into ten, represented by the ten toes. Ten parts, partly strong and partly weak. Notice what we read in verse 42. And as the toes of the feet were part iron and part clay, remember that the toes are ten toes in the feet. So it represented the ten parts that the kingdom of Rome will ultimately will be divided into two kingdoms looking forward to the future day, toward the last days of the times of the Gentiles in preparation of the coming of the Messiah at his second coming. So the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken, will be brittle and fragile. And then in verse 43, beloved brothers and sisters, the fourth kingdom will seek to mingle itself with all peoples, but will ultimately fail. And that's really interesting to see for us, because this fourth kingdom, really representing the times as we are approaching now towards the end of the times of the Gentiles, soon the church age will come to its conclusion. The church will be raptured. Yet the times of the Gentiles will continue. While the bride of Christ, the bride of the Messiah, will be taken to heaven at the rapture, and the marriage of the Lamb will occur in heaven when the bride will become the wife. While here on earth, there will continue these additional seven years of tribulation, and you can see that all the way down to the feet and to the toes of that image, which represent the latter days of the times of the Gentiles, 
we see from verse 42 and 43 that the fourth kingdom will be divided into ten toes, ten parts, yet strong and partly weak, and yet this final stage in the times of the Gentile when the fourth kingdom, the revived, we might call it, Roman Empire, they will seek to mingle. Notice that, according to verse 43, Where is thou source iron mixed with miry clay? They shall mingle. Notice it takes us into this one world order. They will mingle themselves with the seed of men. They will seek to combine all nations but they will not be able to achieve what they seek to do because ultimately the Bible teaches us that this world order, this one world order will not be successful. Again, I'm reading verse 43. And where is thou sawest iron mixed with the miry clay? They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another. As notice, even as iron is not mixed with clay. This, beloved brothers and sisters, it is fascinating how the Lord is telling Daniel concerning the future day in which we really live in the last days of the church age. Soon, this heavenly redeemed company will be taken out of here. And we can see how the whole world is preparing itself for that one world order. Seeking to mingle themselves with the seed of men. The seed of men, according to verse 43. But it will not be successful. You know why? Because man is a sinner by nature. No matter what unity man is trying to do, unless it is divinely designed and was done by the Holy Spirit of God, it it will fail completely. The only unity that can be sustained is a divine unity. When God, the Holy Spirit of God, uniting people together. And so, you saw Nebuchadnezzar, Iron mixed with miry clay. You saw they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. You saw in your dream that image that at the lowest part of this image you had ten toes. These ten toes are representing the future revived Roman Empire which will seek to mingle seek to combine all nations and all people to be united into one, headed up by the future rise of the Antichrist, and yet it says here that they will not be successful. It shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Oh, my dear friend, it is amazing what... Daniel is telling to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, during these days when he sought to know the dream and its interpretation. And so now Daniel had given to Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of the dream from verse 37 to verse 45. There will be four kingdoms, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. 
there will be that head of gold. And then, as we have seen, the breast in his arm as silver, the belly and the thighs in brass, the legs iron, the feet partly iron, partly clay, these feet ten toes will be partly iron, partly clay, and then we read in the interpretation of the dream in verse 43 that these ten toes, these ten toes representing the future revived empire which will seek to mingle with men, with the seed of men that will not be successful. Beloved brothers and sisters, because God will have to judge this world in the latter days at the second coming of the Messiah. Now notice, as we move along to the next verses, to verses 44 and 45, here is the final interpretation of the dream which Nebuchadnezzar dreamt. Because in verse 44 and 45, Daniel gave Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of what he mentioned to him in verses 34 and 35. Let me read to you verses 34 and 35, the dream that Nebuchadnezzar dreamt. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hand, which smote the image upon, notice, upon his feet, and the feet has ten toes at the bottom of the feet, which represent the last days of the times of the Gentiles. When the Jewish people are scattered, and when the Gentiles rule over the affairs of this world, and their feet represent the last days when ten toes are ten kings which will seek to rule over the world at the end of this period of time called the times of the Gentile, represented by the feet here of that image. These last days, notice, you saw a stone, Nebuchadnezzar, which was cut out without hand. And notice he smote the image upon the feet that were of iron and of clay, and he break them into pieces. Then notice the iron and the clay and the brass and the silver and the gold was broken to pieces together. And notice in verse 35 of Daniel chapter 2, Daniel presenting now from the bottom up of the destruction, because the destruction of all this image will happen at the feet, which represent the last days of the times of the Gentiles. And so it became like a chaff. The whole image of the summer threshing floor and the wind carry them away that no place was found for them. And the stone, ha'evin in Hebrew, the stone, ha'evin in Aramaic as well, that smote the image became a great mountain, a great kingdom that filled the whole earth. And beloved brothers and sisters, this fifth kingdom, that represented by the stone, which is a picture of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, that fell upon the toes, the feet, which has ten toes. That stone will become this fifth and final kingdom, which will fill the whole earth and will never have an end. This is the Messianic kingdom. 
when the Messiah of Israel will return at the end of the seven-year tribulation, at the end of the age, and he will restore Israel back to himself, and as he promised in the Davidic covenant that to the house of David, he will let David rule and reign, and out of his loin will come the one that will rule over Israel, and a king, Messiah, will rule, and Israel a restored nation. And so notice that, in verse 44 of our chapter, as Daniel gives the interpretation, we read something very interesting. In the days of these kings, notice verse 44, beloved brothers and sisters, in the days of these kings, which kings? These are the ten kings which represent here with the ten toes of the feet of the image. In the days of these kings, these are the ten kings in the revived empire of the Roman Empire at the end of the times of the Gentile, at the end of the age. In the days of this king, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, verse 44, which shall never, listen, never be destroyed. A kingdom that shall never, beloved brothers and sisters, a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Why? Because that's the Messianic kingdom. The thousand years reign of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. Where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord and King of kings and Lord of lords. Notice, verse 44b, And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. This is very interesting. What do you mean shall not be left to other people according to verse 44? To other people meaning to other nations. And other nations are others of not of the nation of Israel. In other words, finally the kingdom will be restored to the people of Israel. And Israel will be ultimately a restored nation. And you notice, beloved brothers and sisters, that this passage is applied to the restoration of Israel under King Messiah. It says in verse 44b, But it shall break in pieces and consume all the kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Notice this expression, which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom that will stand forever. The kingdom that will break in pieces and consume all these other kingdoms. The Babylonian, the Medo-Persian, the, the Greek and the Roman. All these other kingdoms will be ultimately destroyed and the kingdom will not be any longer given to other nations, to other people, as God have done so in 605 BC, 597 BC, and 586 BC, when the kingdom of Israel was handed over to the Gentile world, to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Now four things we learn here, four points that I would like to mention. It really has a reference to the Messianic kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Verse 44a. Secondly, the kingdom will not be left to other people that will be back restored to the people of Israel. Thirdly, the king, this is the stone which break in pieces all these kingdoms. This king is none else but the Messiah himself. And fourthly, that messianic kingdom shall stand forever. Ultimately, it will continue into the eternal order, 
when the Messianic kingdom, when the thousand years reign of the Messiah will come to an end, then the kingdom will be handed over to God and ultimately the eternal order will come to fruition. Now let me just mention just one or two more points here in relationship to the promised kingdom that God had promised to the people of Israel. Notice in Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 we read, Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, this is the birth of the Messiah, he was born in his humanity, unto us a son is given, this is God the Son, who was given. He was ever there, but he, as a son he was given, as a child he was born. In his divine nature he was always there. In his humanity he was born to the virgin Miriam. And notice what Isaiah continued to say. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful. This is Pele, Counselor, this is Yoetz, the Mighty God, this is El Gibor. The father of eternity, this is Aviad. And the prince of peace, this is Sar Shalom. This is the Messiah, the child that was born, the son that was given. And of course we know him to be Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. Verse 7 said, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Beloved brothers and sisters, It is exactly what we read in verse 44. It shall stand forever, Daniel 2, 44. There shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Beloved brothers and sisters, God had promised. And he will bring it into fruition because this is what God had planned in his own wisdom. And as a sovereign God, he is the one who makes these decisions. We read in other passages, beloved brothers and sisters, just to read another one or two passages. In Luke chapter 1, we do read concerning our Lord Yeshua Jesus, the Messiah. Notice what we read in Luke 1, verse 32 and 33. We read concerning the Messiah. In fact, I'll read verse 30 of Luke 1. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Miriam, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Yeshua in Hebrew, Jesus in Greek, Jesus from the Greek to the English. You shall call his name Yeshua. Now notice he continued to say in verse 32, He shall be great. He shall be great. And shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne, notice that, the throne of his father David, David Melech Yisrael, David the king of Israel. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. 
Israel, Jacob, Yaakov will be restored and he will reign over the house of Jacob, the house of Israel forever. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. Beloved brothers and sisters, God made a promise that he will bless David and he made a covenant to David. Out of David will come a king that will reign forever. We read, in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 11, these words, And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom. Listen to this. Forever. In Hebrew, ad olam. Forever. Ad olam. And obviously it was not David. And obviously it was not Shlomo. And obviously it was not Rehovam, his son. Obviously to be Ad Olam forever, we are anticipating the coming Messiah, our blessed Lord Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of God, who was born to the Virgin Miriam, and he will be the one that will rule over the Messianic kingdom forever. Back to Isaiah chapter 11 now. There we read, beloved brothers and sisters, these words we read concerning the coming Messiah. We read of him, verse 1, There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a bread shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom, and understanding, and the Spirit of counsel, and might, and the Spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord and shall make them of a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked." And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. This is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. Amazing when we think about the future day of the coming of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who was born to the Virgin Miriam. He is the one that is the King of kings and Lord of lords who will rule and reign in the coming days. And so this is wonderful to know. So I'm back to Daniel chapter 2. And we read verse 44, the four points. It is the Messianic kingdom. It is a kingdom that shall not be left to other people. It will be restored to the people of Israel. It will be a kingdom that that stone will break in pieces all these other kingdoms. This is the Messianic kingdom that will stand forever. But notice, beloved brothers and sisters, how interesting it is, because according to verse 45 in Daniel chapter 2, 
Danin is concluding with this interpretation of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed, the dream of the image. And he said to him in verse 45, For as much as thou, namely Nebuchadnezzar, sawest that the stone, the Hebrew word, even the Aramaic, the same word, even, even means a stone. You have seen a stone that was cut of the mountain without hands. It was a miracle stone cut out of a mountain without anyone doing anything, without hands. And then we read that you saw that it break in pieces, and notice, the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, from the bottom, the iron in the bottom of the toes, and then the brass, and then the clay, and then the silver, and then the gold, and the great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. See, Daniel is now saying to Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, whatever you have seen in that image, head, breast and arms, belly and thighs, legs and feet and toes, this image made out of gold, silver, brass, iron, and then clay, this image will be broken by the stone that came out from the mountain without hands. He says, by God showing to you, Nebuchadnezzar, this dream, he really wants you to know what will come to pass hereafter. In Hebrew, we call it Be'acharit Ayamim, that you will know what will happen all the way to the last days, to the end of the days. And Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel is saying unto him, the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. It will surely come to pass as God is real, as God is sovereign. He will bring it to pass. It is certain and it is sure. The dream is certain. The interpretation is sure. Now notice, beloved brothers and sisters, the stone. The stone, according to verse 45, is none else but the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus himself. In the scripture we read of that stone many, many, many times. In fact, we read in Psalm 118 and verse 22, we read this, The stone which the builders refuse is become the headstone of the corner. The stone is the Mashiach. The builders are our people of Israel who did not accept the Messiah at his first coming. He was refused at his first coming, but he will become the headstone of the corner. Amazing when you think about it, beloved brothers and sisters. This stone is speaking of none else but our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Isaiah wrote of this stone in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 14. There we read, concerning the stone, verse 13 says, Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread, and he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both houses of Israel, 
for a jinn and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, when the Mashiach Yeshua came at His first coming, He became a stumbling stone and a rock of offense to both of the houses of Israel. Israel, our people, did not accept the Mashiach as it was spoken of by the prophets of Israel. And so up till today, the Lord Jesus the Messiah is a stumbling stone and is a rock of offense to many, not only Israel, but many of the people of the world who have stumbled over the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah who loved us and came from heaven to give His life a ransom for many. In Isaiah chapter 28, Isaiah continued to speak about that stone, speaking about the Messiah. In chapter 28 and verse 16, we do read these words. Not just then. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. In Hebrew, Hamma'amin lo yachish. He that believeth shall not be confounded or not make haste. I will lay in Zion, in Jerusalem, for a foundation, a stone. Not only a stone, a tried stone. Not only a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. Not only a precious cornerstone, but a sure foundation. He's speaking about the Mashiach, Yeshua who will come, oh, beloved brothers and sisters, how wonderful it is to read about our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who is that stone. And we know that the Messiah is the stone. In Matthew, we read concerning the stone. Notice how clearly it is interpreted for us, who is that stone. Matthew chapter 21, verse 42. Jesus says unto them, Did ye never read in the Scripture? Of course, he's going back to the Psalm, Psalm 118, the stone which the builders rejected, also Isaiah 28, the same become is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, that the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth fruits thereof. And notice, whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. And notice, it is the Lord's doing. It's a divine work. When men rejected our Lord Jesus the Messiah at His first coming and still rejecting Him today, as far as God is concerned, God knows the hearts. He knows that the one that was refused and rejected by men, He ultimately will become the one that will be the cornerstone, the head of the corner. It is the Lord who will bring our Messiah, Yeshua, to become a King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The early Hebrew believers, when they were preaching the gospel in the land of Israel, as believers, they have experienced the rejection of the Messiah. 
And they took the name of Yeshua and followed after him and presented the message of the gospel. And Peter was speaking in the city of Jerusalem. He was filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 4 and verse 8. Then he said in verse 10, Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Yeshua HaMashiach of Nazareth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. And you notice what he said? In verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name. Which name? The Hebrew name Yeshua. Jesus in the Greek. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, if you will ever be saved, you have to trust in the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. He is the one to trust in. I just want to read one more verse that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that when the apostle Shaul Paul wrote to the believers at Corinth, he reminded them, beloved brothers and sisters, concerning the person of Yeshua the Messiah. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, notice then, we read then, he was speaking about all our fathers, the Hebrews who came out of the land of Egypt. Verse 4, it says, And did all drink of that spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And he continued, And that rock was Christ, was Mashiach, was Messiah. In other words, the rock followed our people of Israel when they left Egypt on the way through the wilderness. That rock was the Messiah, was Christ was the Messiah. Wonderful statement we read in the Word of God. In First Peter chapter 3, there Peter himself is writing to the early believers, Hebrew believers, and he's telling them in First Peter chapter 3 concerning that wonderful person, the Messiah himself. And he was presenting before them because he wanted them to understand who Yeshua is and how much he is that stone. He is the one that came from heaven. He is the one that came in order to provide redemption for mankind. He is that rock, beloved brothers and sisters. So Peter also is writing in his epistles concerning the person of the Lord Jesus who is that rock, the one that they can trust in. Wonderful to know this, beloved brothers and sisters concerning the Lord. Notice what we read in verse 7 of First Peter 2 and verse 7. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. In other words, that stone is none else but the Messiah himself. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, let's go back to Daniel chapter 2. And you see what we read in the last verses, verse 46, 47, 48, and 49. We read these words in conclusion. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face. He worshipped Daniel. And he commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet orders unto him. Daniel didn't want that worship. But it was 
King Nebuchadnezzar, who fell at his face before this man. The king answered unto Daniel, verse 47, and said of a truth, it is that your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou could reveal this secret. He was overwhelmed with the God of Daniel. And so you notice what the king did, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 48 of Daniel chapter 2, the king made Daniel great men. He gave him many great gifts. He made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. And you notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, you remember that when the wise men came from the east, according to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and they asked, where is he that was born, the king of the Jews? How did they know? Who told them this? This is how the wise men of the east knew to come to Bethlehem seeking for the king of the Jews, Melech HaYehudim. Because Daniel was made ruler over the whole province of Babylon. He was made chief over all, over the governor, over all the wise men of Babylon. Because God have elevated him to this great position in Babylon. And Daniel shared there in Babylon with the so-called wise men of Babylon. He shared with them about the king of the Jews, Melech HaYehudim, who will come in the fullness of the time. And so Daniel, according to verse 49, he requested from the king to say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abadnego, meaning, of course, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, to become over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. And Daniel asked that his fellow Hebrew boys, Hebrew young men, will become those that will be over the affairs of all the province of Babylon with him. But he himself, Daniel, according to verse 49, he sat at the gate of the king. So, beloved brothers and sisters, this is a fascinating portion of Scripture which simply speaks of the interpretation of the dream of the image Nebuchadnezzar have dreamed. Well, may God bless you, beloved brothers and sisters, and encourage us to follow our Lord, to believe His Word and to trust in Him. Because, as we read, the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof is sure. The times of the Gentiles will continue and will come to pass in a future day. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the stone which the builders refuse, He will become the head of the corner. In the future, He will come, restore Israel, and establish the Messianic kingdom and rule as King of kings and Lord of lords. And with these thoughts, we concluded with Daniel chapter too. God bless you, my friend. Until the next time, we say Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitan. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, 
Write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0. Or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.